Welcome to the Basana Health and Wellness Podcast. At Basana Health, we focus on whole body wellness, connecting physical, spiritual, and mental well-being. We are wellness collaborators with our members, and we embrace our community partnerships. Basana Health promotes holistic and functional care while focusing on transformative lifestyle changes. Welcome to our podcast, where you can take a virtual step towards optimizing your own health and wellness. Welcome to the Basana Health and Wellness Podcast, episode number 28. Today we hear from our nurse practitioner, Becky Barkey, who tells us all about the benefits of drinking water. The episode is called, But I Don't Like Drinking Water. Listen in to learn all the reasons why you'll want to start learning to love water. My name is Becky, and I am one of the nurse practitioners here at Basana Health and Wellness. We have a webinar for you today, and it's called, But I Don't Like to Drink Water. I hope you like it. People keep telling me that I need to drink more water. I'm sure you've heard this. Is this really true? Well, the the answer is yes. So water is essential for life. Yet 75% of Americans do not drink enough water. One of the worst parts is that most people are so used to feeling badly that they don't even know what it's like to feel hydrated. When an attempt to battle fatigue and brain fog that comes with dehydration, people tend to reach for things like coffee, caffeine, sugar, and those habits end up further dehydrating us even more. And it can lead to potential health problems down the road. Water is very important. The cells of our body need water to function properly. Without enough water, cells throughout our bodies will really struggle to do their jobs. We need water to support the shape and function of our cells. When our cells aren't getting enough water, they basically shrivel up and they lose their ability to function optimally. It kind of depends on where those cells are located. If it's in your kidneys, in your brain, in your gut, in your skin, every part of our body has different cells that need water. So how much water do we need? Well, it depends on many factors, such as body weight. The heavier you are, the more water you need. Caffeine intake. So caffeine actually dehydrates you. So when you have coffee, you need to drink extra water. What we eat in our diet, certain medications can certainly affect how much water we need, how much exercise we get, how hot it is outside, how humid it is outside, and our basal metabolic rate. I found this chart. Some people like to count water based on the number of eight ounce glasses in a day. And you can see it varies from infants to children and male versus female. Most people have heard you need eight, eight ounce glasses per day of water. And that's about right. Average for the average adult. As you see here, um, men need more. They weigh more in general. An easy way to think of how much water you need is to drink half your body weight in water. If I weigh 150 pounds, I need 75 ounces of water a day. And that's just baseline. That If I work out or exercise or am out in the sun, I'll need more. So 75 ounces at 150 pounds. If 
I weigh 200 pounds, then I need 100 ounces of water per day. So I included this slide just to identify kind of how many ounces are in average water bottles that we have. I think the most common size of water bottle is that 16.9 ounce water bottle. If I need 75 ounces of water per day, I'll need several of those water bottles to account for all my water needs. I do recommend when you're drinking water, maybe not to drink out of plastic when possible. Sometimes it's not possible and that's the best you can do, but it's better to drink out of glass or stainless steel. How do I know if I'm drinking enough water? Well, our our urine color can actually give us a lot of cues. As we get more dehydrated, the urine gets more concentrated and darker. In the hospital, when I'm working with pregnant women and we push hydration a lot, I'll say, you know, drink water until you pee water, because then you know you're getting enough. So that's that's a good lesson for all of us. Now, keep in mind, there's different things like vitamins and such that can also affect urine color. Sometimes vitamins will make your urine more neon. But if you're thirsty and your urine is on the darker side, you're probably dehydrated. So there's also certain lab values that can help us determine if you are trending towards dehydration. And in this office, we like to look at labs from a functional medicine perspective versus the standard optimal range. By doing this, we can really identify times when people are tending towards dehydration. Now, their labs on a standard range won't flag abnormal, but in the functional range, they will. And it can give us clues when you aren't getting enough water. So what causes dehydration? So the number one thing is just not drinking enough water. That is definitely the majority of us don't drink enough. You have to be intentional about it. Other things can also cause dehydration. When you have a lot of caffeine, when you have diarrhea, are vomiting, sweating, If you have a lot of urination, like in times of high blood sugar, certain medications can cause dehydration, stress can cause dehydration, and illness and disease can cause dehydration. You know, stress all by itself, when you have abnormally high or low cortisol, it skews the balance of sodium, chloride, potassium, and dehydration just is one of the consequences, which further increases stress and it's a vicious cycle. So I guess the lesson is if you're feeling stress, drink a bunch of water. So there are a few times of the day when it's okay to not drink a lot of water. There's two times basically. One is with meals and two is at bedtime. The majority of our hydration should be between meals. You don't want to drink a lot of water with meals because excess water will dilute stomach acid and you need stomach acid to process the proteins and fats and carbs that are coming through your stomach. You don't want to dilute that stomach acid in the moment. So drink water in between meals for best hydration. At bedtime, you don't want to drink a lot of water just because it increases your need for urination. And I don't recommend anything that interferes with sleep, since sleep is such an important part of health. So the best time to drink a bolus of water is first thing in the morning. There's a lot of advantages to drinking water first thing in the morning. 
It balances your lymphatic system. It helps you perform your daily functions. It, it fights infection. It helps with weight loss. So actually drinking even like a 16 ounce glass of water or the bottle, a 16 ounce bottle of water can boost your metabolism by 24% in the morning. It also helps with your skin. Your skin looks more glowing if you're hydrated. Water helps to purge toxins from the blood, um, which also makes your skin clear and glowy. Drinking water on an empty stomach can purify the colon, making it easier for you to absorb nutrients. It increases the production of new blood cells, muscle cells. Water does all those things. So the body needs water to function optimally. And if the body is not getting water, it will not function optimally. Basically, your cells will shrink. And there's consequences to this. First consequence, brain fog and headaches. So about 75% of the brain is composed of water. And so when you're dehydrated, it causes those cells to shrink in size and decreases their activity. Studies show that losing just 1% to 2% of your body's total water mass can cause your brain to shrink, which significantly impairs cognitive function. As a result, your brain has to work harder to perform the same tasks. Over time, chronic dehydration can increase your risk for Alzheimer's and dementia. But not just because it impairs function, dehydration also promotes protein misfolding, which leads to the formation of these amyloid plaques inside the brain, which is one of the contributors to Alzheimer's and neurodegenerative disease. There was a team of scientists in the UK that studied people who were sweating, and they found that 90 minutes of sweating without replacing the lost fluids will shrink the brain as much as a year of aging. It also causes withering equivalent to two and a half months of Alzheimer's disease. That's just dehydration. Another study showed that losing 1.1% of body water, researchers observed that these people in the study could not perform at the same level for common cognitive tasks, short-term memory, long-term memory recall, arithmetic, general problem solving. The take-home message from some of these studies that I read was hydration makes you smarter and dehydration makes you not as smart. So drink water to be smarter. Also, the headache component cannot be understated. As the brain shrinks and those cells shrink, it pulls away from the skull. When that pulls away, it gives us a dehydration headache. So if you have a headache, the first thing you should do is down two of those big glasses of water. There was another study that I read about where they had volunteers to be dehydrated and perform kind of normal tasks like driving. And what they found was those volunteers that were dehydrated committed significantly greater number of errors, such as lane drifting, late braking, and was almost similar to people who were under the influence of alcohol, just being dehydrated. Dehydration affects your mood. There was a study in Connecticut that induced dehydration in healthy young women, either with exercise plus a diuretic or whatever, and then did some mood testing on how they were feeling and definitely found evidence of affecting mood. Actually, one of my 
sonographers that I work with in the hospital, I was talking to her about water and this presentation. And she made a comment that was pretty profound. She said that for her, hydration really affects her anxiety. So I asked her to explain that more. And, and she said that she, it, it took her a while to figure it out, but when she's not able to drink enough water, when she's working, it, it really affects her anxiety. So she has now identified that she needs to stop and hydrate when she's feeling those thoughts of anxiety increase. Also, energy levels are really affected by dehydration. You know, many of us feel that fatigue after lunch, that 2 to 3 p.m. lull. It's common to reach for a sugary snack, caffeine. It's often that we're just dehydrated. So, you know, our, our bodies aren't deficient in caffeine or sugar, but our body might be deficient in water. B vitamins and such. So instead of reaching for the coffee every day, I would try, uh, if you're feeling tired, to drink water and take some good quality B vitamins and see how you feel. As far as fatigue in athletes, you know, there's lots of studies on athletes and muscle performance and its relation to hydration status. So if you're dehydrated, your blood circulation is slowed. And you're not going to get as much blood flow to your muscles, which causes your muscles not to work as well. It can even cause muscle pain, muscle spasm. So this can happen even, even in an office setting. If you're sitting for a long time and you're dehydrated and then you try to stand up, your muscles might hurt from dehydration. Joint pain and arthritis. Dehydration can make you more sensitive to pain. You know, water is an important component of cartilage and synovial fluid in all your joints. It provides that lubrication, shock absorption. And if you don't have that good water component, you're just going to feel more inflamed. Another study in 2014 in Japan, volunteers immersed their arms in cold water to test their pain sensitivity while having their brains scanned. Those who were dehydrated reported a lower pain threshold, meaning that they felt pain sooner than those who were adequately hydrated. And then this was correlated with the brain scan. So it was really interesting that dehydration makes you more sensitive to pain. Kidney dysfunction is another consequence of dehydration. So insufficient water in the blood makes your kidneys not work as well. They don't filter toxins as well. You can have a higher concentration of minerals, which may harden into crystals and promote kidney stones and promote kidney disease. And I would say this is maybe one of the more common consequences of dehydration that we see in the office in labs. We'll see the, the kidney labs be just a little bit altered. And when we ask the patients, like, this is showing some dehydration, they'll kind of say, yeah, that would make sense. And it can actually be even a day-to-day -day thing, meaning the day of their lab draw, they were dehydrated and it would show up in your kidneys. Another consequence of dehydration is dry skin and wrinkles. Your skin cells and your collagen fibers need water to promote cell structure. So if you're dehydrated, you can have itching and redness and cracking in your skin and flaking and peeling. So I had a patient last week who she walked in for a consult and she was 54 and she looked great. Her skin looked amazing. She was very fit. 
And I looked at her chart and I thought, wow, you're 54. You sure don't look 54. And her response was exercise and water. That's what I do. I was amazed. I commented on how great her skin was and she attributed her, her great skin to her water intake. Another consequence of dehydration can be UTIs, particularly if you're prone to UTIs. If you're not hydrated adequately, the concentration of toxins in your urine goes up and you're not voiding enough to kind of wash out that bacteria. So if you feel a UTI coming on, hydrate. Another consequence of dehydration is decreased metabolism. It has been said that the one drug, the one best drug or product to help you lose weight is water. And there's so much truth in this because it helps your body, your gut just function better. You have better bowel movements and all that. Uh, Water helps burn fat. It helps with that detoxification process. If you remember, I said not to drink a lot of water during meals because you want your stomach acid to not be diluted, but you can do a lot of good for fat burning by drinking water outside of meals. Another consequence of dehydration is constipation. Actually, dehydration is probably the number one reason for chronic constipation because of chronic dehydration. So water softens the stool. It's really important for giving your body the ability to detoxify itself by having good bowel movements. If you have constipation and you're not urinating frequently, you're not letting your body rid itself of those toxins. And then those toxins are reabsorbed back into your circulation versus being excreted from the body. So drink water to clean yourself out. Dehydration can also cause nausea, dizziness, and blurred vision. And this is usually related to low blood volume. If you have issues with dizziness, the first thing you should do is drink a bunch of water. You want to get that blood flowing. And if it's slow blood flow, you want to increase the blood flow, get the blood flowing to your organs and brain. Dehydration can cause low blood pressure, but actually can also be associated with high blood pressure or hypertension. So when your body is dehydrated, your blood vessels do not have the same ability to stretch. And thicker blood is harder to move through the body and the vessels have to work more. And that leads to hypertension. There's lots of studies that discuss how dehydration can contribute to cardiovascular disease. If people are unaware of their, that they are dehydrated, there's one study that suggested that being unknowingly dehydrated can have the same negative impact on blood vessels and arteries that smoking a cigarette does. If you are dehydrated and don't even know it because you've been dehydrated for so long, it's like you're smoking a cigarette is what they're saying. It's what these, the science is saying behind this. We talked a little bit about how dehydration can cause muscle cramps and spasms and just decrease the level of nutrients that are allowed to be delivered to your body. Also, dehydration can affect allergies and asthma. Basically, if you're dehydrated, your body will automatically raise your histamine levels to conserve intracellular hydration. It's just, it's just science. It's just how the body compensates for itself. And so when you have high levels of histamine, and you have allergies and asthma related to that, it can just make that worse. 
inflammation. Most people these days know more about inflammation and how chronic inflammation can lead to so many different disease, disease processes. But if your body is inflamed from dehydration, you know, you're going to just be building up toxins and metabolic waste. And that it's a, it's a terrible cycle that leads to more inflammation. And it can be localized, meaning in one part of your body or systemic, meaning kind of affecting your whole body. But what if you don't like water? I hear that a lot. It's okay. You actually can train your body to like water. And I'm begging you to do this because water is so important for you. You can, you can train your body to like it. You can. When you drink more water, your body will crave more water and it will taste better. And it's, again, it's a cycle, right? So it's a healthy habit. We're going to talk about creating hydration habits and how you can create these habits to keep your body optimally hydrated. First one, wake up and drink water. Two glasses of water, if you can. I find it easiest to drink the water at room temperature. So when I wake up, I go to the bathroom, uh, fill my water glass, drink it, wait a little bit, maybe brush my teeth, and then do it again. And try to get two big 16-ounce glasses of water down first thing in the morning. Most people in the morning, the first thing they reach for is coffee. And remember, coffee has caffeine, which is actually a diuretic that depletes us of water. Plus, tack on the fact that you're fasting all night from not drinking water while you're sleeping, and then you start the day by drinking coffee, you kind of start the day entering this vicious cycle of dehydration. So I would challenge you before you drink your morning coffee to start off your day with two big glasses of water. This will give your body what it needs to flush out all the waste and toxins that kind of accumulated overnight. And it also gives you a hydration buffer to work with for the rest of your day. A lot of people struggle with having to get up at night to use the bathroom. If you drink the majority of your water in the morning, when you first wake up, you can avoid this nocturia that may disrupt your sleep quality. Another hydration habit is pay attention to and honor thirst cues. If you feel thirsty, if you feel like your mouth is dry, your skin is dry, if you're feeling fatigued or tired, that's a cue that your body needs water. It's not uncommon in the world today to kind of go a whole day without drinking water because we're busy, we're on meetings, we're on phone calls and talking. As we do that, as we go throughout our day without drinking water, again and again, our body gets used to that. So we may lose sensitivity to dehydration as we get older. It's that we don't get those same triggers. It also is common for thirst sensation to diminish with age. And that's why older individuals tend to become more dehydrated. In fact, it's not uncommon for older people to need hospitalization because they're so dehydrated. So what I would say to that is get in the habit of drinking more water. Your body will desire more water and you'll be thirsty and you'll want more water. It creates a healthy cycle of habit. Set hydration reminders. 
You can do this on your phone. You can do it with an alarm. You can just like maybe every hour drink some water. I recommend having water with you at all times, certainly in the car. When you're driving somewhere, you can sip on water in between phone calls, meetings. People like to set their eye watches for hydration reminders. And so there's a lot of good habits that can get created when you set a reminder. And then if you do it for a long time, then you don't need the reminders anymore. It's just an automatic because then you've made it a habit. Again, I, I do recommend purchasing a good water bottle, stainless steel, plastic free without all the plastic toxins. And when you drink water, another good habit for hydration is to build and maintain lean muscle mass. So muscle is like a water reservoir. Fat tissue is about 10% water. Muscle is about 80% water. And as we get older, we are more susceptible to losing muscle. So if we can hold on to our muscle, we kind of have like a backup source of water when it might be scarce, like when we're sleeping. So lean muscle helps in so many ways. It makes us stronger, lowers our risk for bone fractures, but it also can help protect us against dehydration. Strength training a few times a week or even balance exercises can really help maintain hydration. Speaking of strength training, we can't forget to replace what water we lose when we're working out. So it's important to get your baseline water for the day, but also extra water when you are sweating a lot, like a tough workout or a sauna session or hot yoga or time in the sun. So you need water and electrolytes actually during these times because sodium, potassium, magnesium are all lost when you sweat a lot. We talked about drinking water from a non-toxic water bottle and that can't be stated enough, honestly. I remember when my, my daughters were little and I wanted them to drink water and I wanted to have water available at all times. And so I thought it was such a great idea. I bought a big Costco package of water bottles and left them in the car thinking we'd always have water in the car then for the kids to drink. Well, that was not a good idea because water bottle, plastic water bottles are not awesome. But then when plastic water bottles are subjected to heat, it's really not awesome. Please don't do that. Please don't keep hot water bottles in your car and drink from them. Some of these stainless steel ones, though, can keep the water cold and safe, even if left in your car. There are some alternatives to water, too. If you do say you just can't do it, you just can't drink that much plain water, then add a little something to it. You can add herbal tea. It can be super healthy to add to your water. There's lots of different teas that can boost your immune system, fight inflammation. And so that makes it a really healthy alternative to water. Kombucha is another one, you know, it's in the tea family, but it's full of antioxidants and probiotics that can also help with digestion. Seltzer is another great alternative to just plain water. It has a bit of a kick to it with the carbon dioxide that gives it its carbonation. There's different brands that of seltzer that can be good. I suggest going the seltzer route if you're looking for like a carbonated, no calorie, no sugar alternative to soda. Do not recommend Diet Coke as a hydration <laughs> option. It is 
Um, there's a lot of negative consequences of our artificial sweeteners. And also if there's caffeine, that's a dehydrating factor. Fruit infused water has become more popular recently, just like incorporating a range of fresh flavors like oranges and lemons and raspberries or limes, cucumbers. So it's a great option for those who are looking for like a homemade beverage. And there's certain water pitchers you can buy where you can put the fruit or vegetables in the middle and that will infuse the water. And that can be something that can, there's water bottles like that actually too, that you can carry around with you if you want to have a little alternative to plain water. Coconut water is another way to get hydrated if you don't like plain water. And to be clear, coconut water is not water with coconut flavor. Coconut water is actually the fluid inside a real coconut. It's low in sugar, low in calories. It's good for you. It does have some natural electrolytes such as sodium, potassium, and those can be super beneficial since Americans don't really get enough potassium, particularly with their diets. Another option that I found was celery juice. This isn't for everybody. Not everyone's going to like celery juice, but some people do. And it, I mean, it's super healthy. It improves digestion. It's high in calcium, vitamin K. It can strengthen your bones and prevent osteoporosis. It's low in calories, but super filling, which can be a good alternative for a kind of a midday snack. So if you're feeling kind of hungry, thirsty, tired, celery juice can be an option if you want something really healthy that gives you that little boost in the afternoon. Remember that liquids like coffee and soda, milk, and alcohol are not considered water alternatives. They're not going to help with your hydration status. In fact, they're going to make you more dehydrated. We have done webinars in the past about food and the importance of food and now water and the importance of water. And there's kind of two statements that summarize our recommendations for food and water. And it, it's this, eat the rainbow, drink water. Pretty simple. Not always simple to put into practice, but if you can go back to eating the rainbow, it's a lots of different colors of food, vegetables, fruits, and drinking water, your body is going to thank you. Another quote to remind us, it's never too early or too late to work towards being the healthiest you. Thanks so much for listening. And here's our contact information if you have any other additional thoughts or concerns. Best of luck in your wellness journey. The Sauna Health and Wellness Podcast is brought to you by Atagi Plastic Surgery and Atagi Skin Aesthetics. Check us out at atagimd.com. A-T-A-G-I-M-D.com. We offer plastic surgery, skin aesthetics, non-surgical treatments, and hormone therapy. Some of the many things we offer include Botox, dermal fillers, Exilis skin tightening, Kybella, skin aesthetics, all therapy, Vanquish fat reduction, PRP hair restoration, PRP breast lift, and hormone health. Follow us on our website at atagimd.com to learn about all of our specials and events each month. Some of our specials include monthly discounts off products and services, 
or wrinkle-free Wednesdays. Check us out at atagimd.com.